Lord, on this holy night, as we think of shepherds worshipping you, we pray that we too might come into your presence and touch that place where earth touches heaven because you reach out to us by your spirit. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> what are we doing here? It's a very funny time of night. Perhaps we should be somewhere else. This is very odd behavior. Can't you just imagine the shepherds saying that to each other as they turned up at the, at the stable? We ought to be out there with the sheep. What are we doing? We've left the sheep and we're going into the town and we're looking for a baby and all because we've seen something so amazing. We haven't even got words to express it really. And yet in obedience they went and did something very strange. You could argue that we're doing the same. This is the only night of the year where we turn out to church at bedtime. It always feels very odd to me when I go upstairs to put my dog collar on, I feel like I ought to be putting my pyjamas on. Um, and it's in some ways a little bit countercultural that at this time of night we should be here. There are even some of you who aren't in the right church. Um, <laughs> I mean, you are in the right church because we love you dearly and it's always so lovely to see you uh, at the midnight service. Um, but it's odd, isn't it? I wonder why we do it. After all these years, why do we still come to this midnight service? Those shepherds, you know, we think of them as being sort of very special. In fact, they were incredibly ordinary. And I just wonder what they were thinking as they were sitting there uh, watching the, their flocks by night. Perhaps some of them had personal worries, a sick child, a problematic relationship, an illness of their own that they were struggling with, doing a quite demanding job. And they lived in a country where the government was often cruel and arbitrary. They were in an occupied nation where the legal system gave virtually no protection to the poor and certainly not to those who were occupied. They came with all that baggage of fear and insecurity and not knowing. And I wonder what we come with tonight. What do we bring as we come into this rather unusual situation? Do we bring our anxieties about our rather broken and crazy political situation in the world and in our nation? where there's war and suffering and there are refugees and there are so many things I couldn't even list them. And then that's quite apart from what's going on in our own country, where we now have, as um, I think someone mentioned on Sunday, more food banks than McDonald's, where even care workers working full time are going to, f to food banks. We live in crazy times and that's quite apart from the things that might be going on in our own lives the things that cause us anxiety, the things that we bring with us, as well as the joy, sorry, the joy of Christmas. But the shepherds came because the angel said to them, I bring good news. There is joy and it's for all people, even shepherds. And they went to Bethlehem. Good news 
News, of course, comes from the same root, I imagine, as the word new. When I get up in the morning, one of the first things I do is turn on my iPad and click on the BBC News just to see if anything amazing has happened. It's usually the same old, same old, isn't it? And then I look at the weather and it's the same old, same old winter weather. And I look at my emails and it's the same old, same old bits of advertising plus a few bits of business. It's all the same. And yet, the angel said to the shepherds, we're bringing you good news, not old news. It was old, of course, because the news they were bringing was all about the, the promise that had been made for centuries by the God that they worshipped, that something would happen that would change the world, the Messiah would come. And that's exactly what they were told. A saviour has been born who is Christ the Lord, the Messiah, the one the Jewish people have been waiting for for centuries. He's actually come, and do you know where you're going to find him? In a manger, in a stable, in the local town. That means you can find him. This new, this good news is for all people, even shepherds, and you can go and find him. Is that why you're here tonight? To go and find him. To find, perhaps, that there is something new. Do we come expecting that when we go back home and we've got through all the sort of uh, the tinsel of tomorrow, that actually it will be same old, same old, same old news, same old anxiety about it, same old lives. I would love to think that as we come, like the shepherds did, to touch that which is the place where heaven touches earth, that going from here, we may perhaps not have seen angels. Well, I don't count. Um, but having not seen angels, but actually have been touched by the Holy Spirit of the living God, touching a new place in our hearts, a new place in our thinking. Is it possible that this Christmas there will be something here that would touch us with a new hope about our world with all its awfulness, a new assurance, a new trust in the possibility of something new. Deep down, do we long for something a bit new? Do we long to wake up one morning and find that our faith is renewed, that it's somehow got that edge of excitement about it that obviously the shepherds had, which perhaps we have had from time to time in our Christian experience? If we were to ask God tonight to do something new for us personally, what would that be? What would we love to be renewed, refreshed? Would it be hope, trust, peace, less anxiety, less time pressure, less inability to organise our lives so that we leave enough time for God? What new thing would we love to receive from God tonight? And of course, we long for good news for our world. And so we come on this holy night to meet with God, to understand afresh that this story, more than any other, assures us that God loves us because he came to us, he comes to us, Emmanuel, God with us. Not a God we have to climb up to try and reach, but a God who came right into the heart of the messiness of our human condition and who comes every day to sit beside us 
even in the messiness of our personal world and of our global world. So how could this be good news? A child born in poverty, in a brutal occupation to poor parents far from home, soon to be refugees. He would work as a labourer, have a task to do that would cost him everything, and he would die young on a cruel cross. How is this good news? We're told that Mary treasured all these things in her heart, and that soon she would hear that message from Simeon in the temple. A sword will pierce your heart. How was that good news for her? A child whose parentage was doubted. But I believe that this good news is somewhere in that reality. That reality, that historical reality of the child born when Quirinius was governor of Syria in Bethlehem. The word Christians use for what was happening at Christmas is incarnation becoming human. God becomes a human being, subject to history, contained and constrained by time and space. Really human, not putting on a kind of human wetsuit or taking a divine gap year or a divine 33 years, but actually sharing our humanity, as in a sense he still does, as he enters into the messiness of our lives day by day. He came to us not as we would like to be, or even as he would have liked us to be, but just as we are. To those shepherds, just as they were, possibly with rather grubby hands and smelling of sheep. Perhaps the very messiness of the stable. And we know all too well it was neither pretty nor romantic to have a child as a poor person, miles from home, in an occupied country, with no facilities or cleanliness. This very messiness tells us that God embraced our human condition. But the good news is that out of that came the greatest salvation there could have been. The good news that the angels proclaimed was that there would be salvation for all people all people. And that means that God doesn't just enter into the messiness, he transforms it. He does something new. That verse in Revelation, God saying, I'm going to make everything new. We live in the presence of a God of newness. And the event of the coming of Jesus was to change everything. It's interesting, isn't it? That in our calendar, we talk about BC, before Christ. But we don't talk about after Christ, we talk about the year of our Lord, Anno Domini, or now the Christian era, because uh, we've changed it. I don't know why. Um, but we don't talk about a time that came and then went away. We now live in the age of Jesus, the age which has begun 2,000 years ago and which will come to completion as that reading from Revelation told us, when everything that God wants about newness will have happened. No tears, no war, nothing that will mar his beautiful creation. But it hasn't happened yet. It's happening, and we are living in the age of the kingdom. But it won't be complete. But its completeness tells us what God wants our agenda to be, pursuing those very things that very wholeness that was his purpose. The shepherds went back to the same politics, the same world, the same struggles, the same worries, and yet everything had changed. We're told they went with great joy. Will we go out from here with great joy 
even though our world and our personal circumstances are often very tricky. Great joy, because we will have touched the Christ child as his Holy Spirit touches us. And this good news is to all people. Peace on earth, goodwill towards people, people whom God favours. God favours us because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. We are those people who can claim from God that promise of goodwill and peace. I wish I could tell you that this year there will be no more war or suffering or despair. That's not going to happen yet. Jesus has made that revelation promise sure, but we live in between. But we are heading in God's direction to a new kingdom. It can be different. That's what saviour means. God comes not only to find us, like a parent seeking a runaway, he shows us by his life and death that everything can be new, that a new future is possible for us. So tonight, what would we love him to change, to make, to renew and refresh in our personal lives? What newness would we love to see in our world as the Prince of Peace changes things? There is good news. God loves each of us. And just as he came to touch our messy humanity as the babe of Bethlehem, he wants to be part of our lives today. We can go from here having touched the eternal, heard the voice of God, and know that it can be new. That it can be new, even if not yet complete. New now because we have Jesus. New in hope because he walks with us. New for our world because there will be acts of love and new hope because the kingdom will be being built a bit will be being built here and joy will creep in beside the sorrow humanity and caring giving and offering hospitality and help come at times when there is great suffering kindness will creep in to edge out cruelty and good will push in to push out evil and the light as John said in chapter 1 in the Gospel, the light will never be overcome by the darkness. This is good news. It's good news for each of us. Let's pray that this Christmas we know something new in our relationship with God, not just for Christmas Day, but for the whole of our lives ahead, a new beginning in a new and refreshed relationship with him. Let's go out as the shepherds did, rejoicing. And do you know what else they did? They told everyone. And doesn't everyone need to hear that good news? Terry's just going to read um, a prayer for us now, which I think sums up all those things. When the world was dark and the city was quiet, you came. You crept in beside us and no one knew, only the few who dared to believe that God might do something different. 
Will you do the same this Christmas, Lord? Will you come into the darkness of tonight's world? Not the friendly darkness of when sleep rescues us from tiredness, but the fearful darkness in which people have stopped believing that war will end, or that food will come, or that politics will change, or that anyone cares. Will you come into that darkness and do something different to save your people from death and despair? Will you come into the quietness of this community, not the friendly quietness as when lovers hold hands, but the fearful silence when the phone has not rung, the letter has not come, the friendly voice no longer speaks, the doctor's face says it all. Will you come into that darkness and do something different? Not to distract, but to embrace your people. And will you come into the dark corners and the quiet places of our lives? We ask this not because we are guilt-ridden, but because the fullness our lives long for depends on us being as open and vulnerable as you, to you as you were to us. When you came wearing no more than scraps of cloth and trusting human hands to hold their maker. Will you come into our lives if we open them to you and do something different? When the world was dark and the city was quiet, you came, you crept in beside us. Do the same this Christmas, Lord. Do the same this Christmas. Amen.